0: have you ever felt judged by someone i know i have over the years i've felt judged for what i've done what i didn't do for what i've said or didn't say i've been criticized for what people see when they look at me my appearance what i wear my weight, my hair, or lack of it. I've been judged because of where I live, the old pickup I drive, music I listen to, how I spend my free time, or that I take too little free time or too much. I've been judged by friends, by family, by people in the church, by strangers. I've been criticized for how I parent or for the kind of husband that I am. I've been judged for things I have no control over, where I was born, when I was born, how I was was raised, or that I am a white man. I've been judged for how I do or don't spend my money, what I eat, what I drink, or the education I've received i've experienced judgment over issues related to politics the pandemic gender sexuality race or religion whether they were true or not i've been criticized as a leader in the church for decisions we've made Direction we've taken, things we've said yes to, things we've said no to, and the times when we've said not now. Shoot, you may have already judged me this morning when you saw I was teaching, or for some of the stuff I've said in the last minute. And I've done my share of judging for many of the same reasons. I suspect that everyone that's listening to me right now has been judged or unfairly criticized at some point in their life. And most of us know how awful it feels and that it rarely leads to anything but hurt and anger. Judging is making a negative evaluation of others without standing with them when we judge we criticize others but not as a caring friend who wants to help after we judge someone's behavior or character we walk away now i i don't mind critique but i don't like judgment James Bryan Smith talks about this in his book, The Good and Beautiful Life. And and his chapter on learning how to live with judgment is so good. And it's it's really been helpful to me over the the past few years. And he writes that there are two basic reasons why we judge others. To fix people and to make us feel better about ourselves. So let let me take some time to talk about the first one. When we see someone we think is behaving badly we often try to fix them. We think, we'll set them straight by giving them a good talking to. That'll shape them up. But what's the typical result? The person we condemn often shrills up, gets angry, or cries. Sometimes, but rarely, it works. And that only adds to our belief that this is the best way to do it. Parents, grandparents, spouses, educators, bosses. We've been led to believe that this is the way to fix people. That this is the way to change people who are under our authority. It's something I've done way too often, and I'm sad about that. Just ask my kids. But fixing people doesn't work, and here's why. First of all, it doesn't flow out of a heart of love. Mother Teresa once said, if you judge people, you have no time to love them we we dive bomb others with harsh criticism and and then we fly off leaving them alone and they know that they haven't been loved secondly it it doesn't work because it doesn't allow the person the opportunity to own the need for change It, it skips that important step judgment doesn't give someone a chance to admit or to recognize that there's a problem instead those being judged feel attacked and the natural reaction to that is to become defensive or to strike back and that's not helping anybody the third this is just destructive period when we buy into this method of fixing people we really aren't helping them know how to change we, we tear them down and then don't stick around to help rebuild, which is what takes time and commitment and love. I remember a moment in the previous church that I worked in. I was having a really rough week. Lots of stuff was going on and I was trying my absolute best to stay on top of all of it but i felt like i was failing miserably at everything have you ever felt that way before and i was also preaching that next sunday and i I couldn't find any time to prepare one of the elders stopped in the office that morning somebody i had known for for a long time and he asked how i was doing so i told him Uh, i was honest About what was going on. And he let me know how disappointed he was in my attitude. How wrong it was. And that I should quit whining and just do my job. What he said and how he said it wasn't helpful. And then he turned around and he walked out. I felt dismissed, hurt, angry, and judged. I remember the receptionist looking at me and just raising an eyebrow. And that simple gesture communicated more care and concern than that church leader's harsh words. Now, that happened over 30 years ago. And that judgment left a mark on me that I just can't forget. And trying to fix people carries that kind of weight. It, it breaks people down, often at times when they're feeling the most vulnerable. It's, it's hurtful, it's harmful, And it doesn't help. And there's a fourth reason. The fourth fourth reason why it doesn't work is that we may be, and often are, wrong. Has that ever happened to you? I remember a journey class one year when one of the participants, after listening to everybody in the class share their story, said, wow, I really stink at first impressions, And what she was saying is that after the first week, she thought she had everyone figured out. But after listening to them share from their hearts week after week and then share their stories with the group, she came to understand them better. She came to know them, their pasts, their struggles, their mistakes their hearts someone once said be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle so one reason we judge others is to fix them and then the second is because it makes us feel better about ourselves You know, if we don't feel good about ourselves, one way to feel better is to knock somebody else down. When we judge others, we feel superior to them. And that's why gossip feels so good. We focus on their weaknesses and failures and are spared from admitting our own. Judging others puts us on the moral high ground. And it diminishes those that we judge. We are right, they are wrong. And that feels good. And that's why judgmental people either feel the worst about themselves inside or mostly deny their own weaknesses. There's a much better way to live. And Jesus tells us how in his Sermon on the Mount, in in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7. He says, do not judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye? But do not notice the log in your own. Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. So Jesus starts this by saying, do not judge so that you may not be judged. And he uses this image of a measuring cup. To illustrate the point, don't judge unless you're prepared to live under that arrangement yourself. And notice that God isn't mentioned here. It's not about God's judgment. What he says is that we will be judged by others in the same way that we judge others. When we judge someone, the person will likely Judge us in return. Remember, no matter how correct your criticism may be, you aren't innocent. So Jesus is clear. If you judge someone, be prepared to be judged in return. And he then uses this uh, this silly analogy. Imagine somebody with a log in their eye putting out a tiny speck of sawdust in someone else's. Now, what's the log? It's the act of judgment. Criticizing and condemning others makes it impossible to help them. Even if the intention's good, the method is wrong. It doesn't help. And then Jesus says this strange thing. Do not give what is holy to dogs... And do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them underfoot and turn and maul you. Now, what's this about? Now, what he isn't saying is that we shouldn't waste our wisdom on dumb people who can't appreciate our brilliance. That's not it. doesn't say that. What he means is, is that just like pigs can't digest pearls, People can't digest being judged. Again, the method's wrong. The judging person is not being compassionate and understanding. Instead, they're being condescending and self righteous, and that's just not welcomed. And you might end up getting trampled and verbally mauled in return. You know, there are so many moments in my in my life that i i wish i could do over when i've chosen to judge and criticize rather than love especially with my wife and my kids those times when i i chose the wrong method believed i was right and i lashed out i thought i was correcting them and all they heard is that I didn't care about or for them. And it never worked. And it always took such a long time to repair the damage I did. And we do this, don't we, parents? We can be so sure of ourselves. We impose... Unfair restrictions. We ridicule things our kids take seriously. We say terrible things about their friends. And it shouldn't surprise us that our kids prefer the company of friends and their families where they're accepted and loved. And maybe this explains why so many people can't tolerate more than a few minutes at a large family gathering. You know what I'm talking about? Judgment and criticism are the main course at these family dinners or lunches or potlucks. I've seen this so many times at weddings that I've been a part of. One person won't come because so and so is going to be there, or, or they'll attend, but only if they can be seated far away from another family member. Judgment works just like pearls fed to pigs. It fails, and it's harmful to relationships and families. So what's the best way to help others? Well, here's Jesus' answer: Ask, and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock. And the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? A lot of times we use these verses to teach about prayer And it is about prayer But I don't think that Jesus has actually switched subjects yet He's still talking about how to help others First he said, take your log out of your eye Refuse to judge And then we find out what we can do to help And the best way to help is found in these three words Ask, search, and knock Ask. First thing we do when we're trying to help someone is we we pray for them. Alice talked about this last week. When we pray for someone, our hearts shift. We feel compassion for them. Prayer also helps us to see and to understand more clearly. We feel less criticism and more compassion. It becomes less about the behavior that bothers us, and more about the person that we want to love and help. And by praying, we put ourselves in a position to hear what God's Spirit has to tell us. Someone once wrote, The whole business of judging persons is in God's hands, for he alone knows the secret of men's hearts. So Jesus says we're also to search and knock. And what this means is that we are to be persistent in our prayers. And we need to let the person know that we are standing with them. And that we are for them. Remember, judging is when we stand at a distance and we lob verbal hand grenades. Jesus says that we're better when we're close, when we're together. When we share life, when we're in relationships with each other. My brother or my sister's struggle is my struggle too. We show our love by continuing to pray for the person, by letting them know that they are not alone. Remember, change comes slowly in others and in ourselves. We're all on a journey. Being persistent in our prayers isn't a sign of a lack of faith, but of our love and commitment. God is really good, better than any earthly parent who cares for their children. God wants to give us good gifts. And I believe that persistent prayer is a way that God works in our lives and in the lives of those we care about. so jesus has one last thing to say about judging others he says in everything do to others as you would have them do to you for this is the law and the prophets you've heard this one before right we call this the golden rule treat others as you would like to be treated And this is Jesus' most direct attack against judging. He reminds us how much we don't like it when it happens to us. So when I'm faced with a situation where I feel like I need to correct someone, I ask myself, how would I like to be dealt with? And that puts the brakes on any drive-by judging. Because I don't like it when people do that to me. If we followed the golden rule, we wouldn't judge. We'd help. But we wouldn't judge. But judging others is so tempting. It's so wonderful to feel morally superior to others. Knowing you've got the key to break them down, and then to fix them and remake them in your own image. But that doesn't work. It doesn't do anyone good, including ourselves. The better way is to pray for and stand with others. We treat them as we want to be treated. If we really want to see people change, We have to be willing to come alongside them, give them our time, our attention, our love, and we also have to be willing to change ourselves. And if we're not willing to do any of those things, maybe it's best for us to remain silent. So one last thing, I have some homework for you. At the end of each of these teachings in this series, we're, we're giving you something to do. So with that in mind, this week, I would like us to work on an area of our lives that we often tolerate as an acceptable sin, gossip. Yeah, I heard some moans. So listen, this is important. Gossip is probably the most pervasive form of judgment. Gossip, simply put, is when we speak negatively about someone who is not present. What is gossip? It's speaking negatively about someone who isn't present. So this week, I am challenging us to go three days without gossiping. I know, not gossiping for an hour, you know, would be a a start. So do that, begin there. And if you can do it for an hour, you can do it for a day. And if you can do it for a day, you can do it for three. I believe that. And if you need to start again, start again. Don't speak negatively about someone who isn't present. And for some extra credit, think about this. When you're in a situation where someone else is gossiping, maybe you could say something like, I think it's best if we not talk about someone who isn't here. I know that may be really hard in some situations, may feel a little self-righteous, especially if you're known to be a gossiper yourself. So if that feels a little too strong, then maybe you could just walk away. Or you could look for an opportunity to change the subject to something positive as soon as you can counteract the gossipy criticism with with something encouraging and good. By not participating in gossip, you may help others to see that it's wrong and to stop it from continuing. Because here's the truth. Gossip is incredibly destructive and damaging. It minimizes others, and it creates distance between people. It's disrespectful, and it dishonors God, who loves all people all the time. It harms our souls. It hardens our hearts. It's a terrible example to the next generation. And believe me, they're watching, and they're listening. Gossip is unacceptable behavior in the church. And it's not the example that Jesus wants us to follow. We can do and we can be better. We can. This is a hard one, but it's good. I believe you can go three days without gossiping. And if you do that, maybe you can learn to live without it instead pray for others look for ways to help to understand and to love i'm going to work on it and i hope you will too i'd like to say a prayer please join me god father for those times when we have gossiped we've said something negative to About someone to others when they haven't been there, we ask for forgiveness. For those times where we have criticized and judged others to their face, believing that we knew the secret to how they could be fixed. But it didn't help, it only hurt. We're sorry. for those times that we have felt judged by others that's been damaging to our hearts to our own ability to see your good in us God we ask for your spirit's help to remake to reshape, to re-see who we are through your eyes God help us help us to be people who live, live this way that Jesus talked about, a way of of loving and understanding and encouraging. Help us and help us to truly help each other in a way that honors you. In Jesus' name.